Hey, hello again. Thanks for joining us. This is the Good Dog Workshop Podcast. My name is Carlos. I'm joined with Brian here. Hey, Brian, what's up? Hey, Carlos. Thanks for joining us, listeners. So basically what we're about is we want to get information out there for the everyday dog owner. We want to make you a better dog owner. We want to show you how to effectively work with your dog's nature and not against it. So in short, we'll teach you how to speak dog. Now, today's topic is interesting. Uh, everyone knows about dog parks, and everyone has their thoughts about it. So we're going to attempt to tackle this subject matter and give you both sides of the coin because we don't actually disagree on this one topic. Isn't that right, Brian? Yeah, this is a, a, an interesting one for that reason because our listeners that are used to us hearing you know, the, uh, the same opinion from us on everything we, we tackle. But in this one, we're, we're quite a bit different. Um, but we still we want to give listeners both points of view on this, and not that Carlos and I are, are dead set in our views on this. Uh, but I'm very much uh, pro-dog park. I want people to see the dog park as an opportunity not only to exercise their dog, but to socialize their dog and use it as, a, uh, as an opportunity to um, understand their dog better, to practice their, their leadership, their handling skills, and also learning how to read other dogs better and become more confident in working with their dogs in groups. And I agree with some of that, but where I step back is the unknown. There's a lot of unknown variables, sure. meaning people their dogs, their inability to react in time, because the assumption is when you go into a dog park, you don't have a dog leash, or you do in the beginning, and then it's it's basically supposed to be free reign. So you're exposed. And I always tell people that that may hurt them, because if they're not ready to basically correct their dogs, read their dog's body language, or even another dog, they can find themselves in a bad situation. So how do we reconcile that without telling people, don't go ever, but also, hey, you can go, but watch out for these things. And that's a, that's a fair point. My first suggestion to people um, is always to, you know, first and foremost, be smart and responsible about taking your dog to a dog park. But the first thing is when you go to a dog park, just leave your dog in your car for a minute, walk up to the fence and read the situation in the dog park. Read, you know, these two boxers are racing back and forth, but that's all they're doing. Or this golden is only playing with his ball. Or these two dogs seem to be kind of harassing the other uh, few other dogs. And these people aren't, aren't paying attention to their dogs. These people are paying attention to the dogs. So you have an idea when you walk in there with your dogs of who might, you know, cause uh, cause trouble, who you don't have to worry about, and then who you're not not sure about. So you're not going into it completely blind. So you're talking about ob observation and reading not only the dog, but the people as well. Exactly. Okay, and I, I can see that. And so then what if a person is reading a situation and they decide whether there's too much chaos going on? Is it okay to just say, you're not today, today's not a good day? Yeah, and I, I have a number of clients who will say, we go to the dog park at certain times because we know that it's busy now and there's too many dogs there, there or there's too many chaotic dogs there. So yeah, I'll recommend that to people is maybe come back at a different time or just, just wait it out. Sometimes dogs will be in the dog park, maybe 20, 30 minutes into it. They're calm, they're settled down, they've gotten their energy out. And then maybe that's a, a better time uh, for those people to, to go into their park with their dog. And so I, I kind of see what you're talking about. And I think that's useful. But what about people who have multiple dogs? How can we ex expect them to responsibly watch their dogs and other people's dogs and step in if they have to? So I, I still see it as a, a, a pretty steep challenge, which is why I always say 
listen, if you're going to go to a dog park, it is a, a sense of uh, a freedom for the dog. But you're exposed. So be good at the basic stuff first that we touch up on, uh, upon on our other podcasts, such as the physical touching, the structured walking. Uh, make sure you understand your leadership role before you go into that dog park. Because if you have multiple dogs... You, your attention will be divided, and you will be a little bit more vulnerable. So I always make sure people um, um, are aware of that. It's not – I don't think it's the healthiest thing to go in there and just assume that everyone's dog is going to be well-behaved. Yeah, that's a certainly a fair point, whether you have multiple dogs or maybe you have a, a high-energy dog or a dog who isn't very well socialized. You need to be smart and responsible about entering the dog park. But I think that really starts with – knowing your own abilities and your no, and your own skills. So that's where I, I definitely agree with you on, Carlos, is, um, you know, start with some, you know, some basic understanding of how to work with your dog on leash and you know how to correct him and you can stop um, him from doing certain behaviors rather than, oh, I got a new dog. Our first stop on the way home is a dog park and you don't know anything about your dog and he doesn't know how to respond to you. You haven't seen him socialize with other dogs. So, yes, have some kind of foundation. And then the other thing is, well, what if you have a really easy dog? Does that mean that you should never go to a dog park? Uh, that's a good point. I, I think if you have an easy dog, you're blessed. I mean, it's awesome, right? Uh, you have um, very little need to have to maybe go through all this worrying that other uh, people with more challenging dogs have. But you still have to be aware because if you have an easy dog, your easy dog may get picked on by another dog that's in the dog park, and then you still have to respond, right? Unless you just want to get your dog, or excuse me, allow your dog to be bullied. So even if you have an easy dog and you're maybe an easygoing person, when you take your dog to a dog park, and everyone's probably experienced this you know, once or twice, you will have that unruly dog that's going to test and push the boundaries. Then what do you do? Well, then it's just a matter of supervising not only your dog but the other dogs who interact with it. And, and I'm glad you mentioned this because this is a perfect example with uh, with Vivian here who's sleeping next to us here and, and snoring on the couch. Yeah. Um, she doesn't do anything in a dog park except wander around the edges and, and sniff. And I don't remember if, if you've seen her do this. I have not. Or not but it, it's, it's, really, it's really pretty cute. But she's not bothered by – she doesn't worry about any of the dogs. She doesn't approach them, doesn't go up and sniff them, and she's pretty low energy. So she doesn't give dogs much to react to in the first place. But my job, if I'm just with Vivian in the dog park, is just to stay close to her and number one, let her know that I'm that I'm nearby if you know she she needs me as a homing beacon to come back to because I don't think she has the greatest sight in the world. Um, but also to let other dogs know that they do not get to approach her in a disrespectful or overly excited fashion. So that's an excellent point. So even if if you have an easy dog, you got to be alert. Yeah, of course. And so this is the part where I find it challenging. How do you explain to people? the proper way to supervise your dog and another dog. Because I think most people go in there and they're like, geez, uh, I don't want to be embarrassed by what my dog does. Hopefully he or she will behave. But I don't think anyone's ever heard, hey, um, please feel free to step in if another person's dog's uh, being disrespectful and polite or exhibiting dominant behavior. How do we explain that to people who are used to just being polite and respectful and, and staying in their own lane? Well, the, the perfect way to, to explain that is 
if someone were bullying your kid at school, you'd step in. If it were happening at recess or at the bus stop, you'd want to be there and address that child. So it's no different than that. You're protecting your dog or the entire pack. And so you should feel comfortable. And this goes back to your own handling abilities with your dog as well as your own confidence. We'd like our clients to feel comfortable correcting another dog and to, to, be, to be fair about it. Okay, so we had a dog park situation yesterday. Was it yesterday or the day before? Yep, yesterday. So it was interesting because everyone there, maybe it was four or five people, they were, they were behaved, their dogs were behaved. Uh, we were working with a client's dog, and we were caught off guard a little bit. The dog seemed to be okay socializing, wasn't exhibiting any weird um, or, uh, red flags, if you will. But there was still a reaction when a bigger dog approached at the gate, so the entry point. So I've always felt like the entry point was another challenge inside the dog park that people are sometimes not well-equipped to deal with because you have a, a surge of, of energy coming from the dogs that are inside the dog park. And then you have a small window to get your dogs behaved, or if you just have one, one dog behaved on a leash while there's other dogs approaching. It's a lot to ask for a person to go in and say, okay, I'm just going to trust that these dogs are going to be safe and my dog is going to be safe. So in short, we had an issue where this dog that we were working on was highly reactive and bit another dog. So I don't know. You have to be careful is what I'm saying. How do you break those down and how do you get people ready and, and teach them to be prepared without being overly nervous and anxious? Well, that's, that's kind of the trick is, is like we had told this client yesterday, she just has to keep practicing with this dog. That was the, you know, her main question as we were walking out of the dog park is, so what do I do now? And we said, Keep getting out with your dog, maybe not to dog parks where something like this may happen, but keep socializing the dog uh, on walks. And she said she lived in an area where there are plenty of dogs and there are restaurants where you can have your dog outside so she can keep socializing the dog and start learning what triggers this dog and then to manage um, her dog's behavior in those times, but also to read the dog and understand oh, this is going to trigger my dog, so maybe I need to work harder to get my dog settled down more before, you know, this other dog approaches. So let's say you work on your dog and your dog is respectful outside the dog park. How do you know what you're going to get when they're inside? I mean, you really have to be good at reading your dog's body language, and that to me is an advanced thing. It, right. And that's that's a fair point, but to me, that's a natural part of being a good dog owner is knowing, yeah, my dog over there is fine, nothing's going to bother him, or knowing, no, something might bother him, and whether it's a good behavior or bad behavior, just like with, with our children or our, you know, our significant others, being able to predict someone else's behavior um, really is very an important skill, but something I think that should be, should be second nature um, to each of us as dog owners. So... Wrapping up the dog park experience, when do you would you suggest that people leave the dog park if they don't feel comfortable? How do you know if you're telling people, okay, we want you to socialize your dog? How do you know if a fight breaks out or if there's an unruly dog? Um, how do you know when it's time to just cut your losses? Because this is part of the trouble that I have in an environment that you can't control. Tell people, yes, go ahead let your dog run free, how long, and what things should you look out for? How do you know 
uh, that, you know what, this other dog, this other owner is just not helping me. I'm just going to leave because I don't want to expose my dog to so many bad, unwanted behaviors out there that maybe they get affected. How do you keep that from happening? Well, you can't keep it from happening because we can only, you know, control other dogs so much, and we certainly can't control other people very much. So there's a number of variables in there, but I think one of the things is um, to to be comfortable when you're entering the dog park and when you're leaving the dog park. If you're leaving the dog park in an anxious or fearful state, your dog is reading that, and so that's what he's going to remember the next time he goes to dog park. Is we left. In a, in a scared, an anxious, a fearful state. And so he's going to remember that and enter the next time you come. So I, I always like people to be comfortable and, and be confident and calm when they're entering, when they're leaving a situation. And sometimes that means pushing through a little bit like we did with this, with this pit bull. He, you know, latched onto uh, this other dog's leash real quick, but then let go instantly. And we got everyone to settle down and, and re-engage the dogs in a calm fashion. And then by that time, it would, in my opinion, it's okay to let anyone leave. Yeah, we did, and and it's amazing. I will I will agree with you that it's a great opportunity, as long as you know what you're doing. So instead of taking the dog after it was misbehaving, taking the dog and leaving the right. dog park, we were able to apply the discipline in front of everyone to see. By the way, right, so that other people can also see. Hey, we're going to step in and we're going to make a safe environment. And actually, after that. Uh, the dog was fine. I even, uh, I don't know if you remember, I even brought the dog to the other dog that was the source of Yeah, it. several times. And there were zero signs of aggression, zero signs of misbehavior. It was amazing. So that stuff does exist. I just don't know that the average person can do that, you know, because the fear sets in. How do you deal with that part of it? Well, the average person may not be able to, but it's not such a common experience that one dog aggresses on another in the dog park that, you know, it'd be, it would be like being afraid to drive your car because someone down the street from you last week got into an accident. And I don't think that's how that's how people rule their lives is, is strictly by their fears. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. But I will say it's amazing. I live in Austin now. It's amazing how many apartment complexes have... Uh, accommodated people with dogs. There's a lot of dog parks now. They're everywhere. Yeah. So uh, the access is there. It's just to make sure you know what you should do and can do when things go awry. And that's basically the, the takeaway I want. I don't necessarily recommend it as a beginner task. I don't want to discourage people from socializing their dogs. But if you do go in, be aware of the potential for another person's dog to be impolite and your rights within that environment. Remember, your job is to keep your dog safe. And if you don't do that, your dog is going to have to keep itself safe. And they become the protector. And that's where you start getting this mindset in the animal, the dog, your dog, that, hey, no one's going to watch my back. I'm going to have to step up and become this pseudo-aggressive dog because... It's life or death in their mind, right? So th this is why I want people to understand dog parks are great. It's nice to not have a leash attached, but be aware of what may go down and empower yourself right. to be able to step in physically if you have to, right? Because people shouldn't go in the dog park with all this shame because the dogs pick up on that and oftentimes they'll remove their dogs and now they make things worse.
Right, or or to be embarrassed that you that you corrected someone else's dog. If someone like again going back to the children references, someone on a uh, on a playground is misbehaving, whether it's your child or another child, shouldn't we feel comfortable to correct the misbehavior and say that's 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 inappropriate, that's not okay? So the same should be true for dogs: is to be step in, whether it's your dog or another dog, and communicate this is unstable behavior for the pack, and we won't allow this because things could escalate from there, and then we could end up with a dog fight. There's just too many passive people, in my opinion. Sure. I went to dog park with my girlfriend, and we were just throwing the football around. Our two dogs were doing what they do, no problem. And it's just amazing how every five minutes you had some dog jumping on us or trying to hump or trying to do something that was just disrespectful. And it's just Everyone is just, you know, repeating the dog's name. They're embarrassed. I don't see anybody really touching any dog. And then this lady came with a boxer. The boxer was young, had a lot of energy, was jumping up on me, was uh, trying to play with other dogs but didn't have the correct mannerisms. So it was putting its paws up, and the other dogs were reacting like you think, like you would think they would. They were like, hey, this is disrespectful. You don't get to put your upper body on me and try to tackle me. I don't know you that well. And there was just this reaction two or three times from two or three different dogs. So that person eventually took their boxer and walked off and said, that's enough, you know, kind of like right. scolding a little kid. So, I mean, that kind of, that, those kinds of experience led me to believe, you know, this is not worth it. It's, it's too much unstable energy here. Although I will admit my dogs enjoyed it. Right. So that's the, 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 the part I have to reconcile, but I do want people to know that it is a little bit of an advanced uh, situation, and you should be prepared, but not a hundred percent discouraged. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The um, you know the best point that that I feel that Carlos is making here is that it's okay to to go into a dog park, but but you know have an idea of what you're getting yourself into, and understand that there's a lot going on, and so you may need to you may need to step in and take care of other situations. What I like most about a dog park, and maybe this is because I'm in the business, but to me, if you love your dog, why not you know know him better and get him provide for him more socialization and more exercise and more training and increase your own handling skills? And I don't think there's a better place to do that than in a in a dog park where you can you know you you there's a lot of unknowns there, so you can really test yourself and push yourself and your handling skills and see. You know, can I can I do something better? Can I walk in and boss someone else's dog around so that invariably, if you're out walking your dog someday and a strange dog comes up to you on leash, that you've encountered this situation for because you've you've practiced it, and so you know how to handle the situation without going into a into a panic. But like Carlos said, that's not the average person, maybe not even the average dog owner. So I I agree 100%. If you're um, if you're not comfortable, if you're not confident, if you don't really know your dog very much, then sure, right off the bat, the dog park may not be for you. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to people to come away with this. You know, you're in any environment, whether it's a dog park, um, in your own vehicle, in your own home, you should never feel ashamed to step in when you know something's going down, right? And in this case, we're responsible for our dogs, right? We can't really rationalize with them and speak to them and threaten them and say, I'm going to call the police if you don't quit. So we have to be uh, very in tuned to the environment. So please, please, please don't feel ashamed when you're in a dog park and your dog starts exhibiting uh, maybe 
impolite behavior. Sometimes we'll see dogs sniff, no problem. They'll, they'll circle around, no problem. But then some dog will get its head over the other, and then it'll begin. And so don't feel like you can't step in on those little signs because it's, it's those people that avoid or um, skip or dismiss those signs that create bad and more escalating behavior later that that inevitably ca uh, causes people to be stressed out when they go to dog parks, the, the, the growling and maybe the biting and that sort of thing. It started from somewhere. It didn't just go from zero to ten, right? Right. So people are missing these cues, and I just want the, the takeaway to be, hey, if you're going to go, go to a dog park, make sure you have a good sense about who you are, what your dog is about, have a good bond with it, and then feel empowered to step in if you have to so you, you're safe, your dog's safe, and other people are aware um, that they just can't get away with whatever uh, their dog wants to, uh, to do to your dog, for example. Yeah, that's a great point. And so my my recommendation to, to dog owners and certainly my clients, and I've written an article on this, is before you even enter the dog park, you know, step out of your car and walk up to the fence and just hang out and read the situation, you know, for three minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, however long it takes you to have a pretty good understanding of what's going on in the dog park. And like we discussed earlier, if it looks too chaotic in there, if it looks like that's above your pay grade, then, you know, go ahead and skip it and come back another day. But ideally, you'd start with that. Bring your dog out of your car next. If he's calm in the parking lot, then bring him up to the fence. Let him get to know some of the other dogs who come up to the fence. And you see right there which are the, you know, the high-energy ones coming up barking. And if your dog is going gonna, is gonna to snarl or react to other dogs coming up to him through the fence. But you've got the fence as a safety net. And then again, you can decide... Is this good to go in now or not? And so you can take it step by step and ultimately work your way to getting your dog in the dog park from, uh, you know, from one day to the, to the next. But there's, you know, there's a real safe way to, uh, to do it rather than just avoid what can be a really good opportunity for you and your dog. Yeah, that's a good point. There's a, there's a lot of power in the power of observation. Right? You'll be surprised how much you pick up. But it does require, require you to have patience and time. Yes, and just be still, and sometimes people are too busy. But hopefully they get that point. I, I appreciate that. I, I don't disagree with that. But I hopefully uh, they've, uh, people, if you're listening, hopefully you've picked up something here. Um, you may have your preconceived notions, and hopefully this sheds some light on, uh, on some other things you may have uh, missed out on. But, uh, Brian, appreciate your, your time. Yeah, this was an excellent topic. I'm glad we got to, got to cover this. So, uh, listeners, if you have any, any questions or comments, please, um, you know, fill them down below in the um, in the, the the form there, or feel free to contact us directly at 703-489-1319. Thank you again for listening, and don't forget to like us on Facebook.